Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Hello and welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hi. And today we're joined uh, by a guest, someone I've known for a few years, Maurice, and we'll ask you to say hi in a moment. And at the risk of embarrassing you a little bit, Maurice, one of our I think it's okay to call this person a super fan who will remain nameless, but a super fan of this podcast said, you need to get Maurice on, you need to get Maurice on, you need to get Maurice on. And I think I've had that message about five or six times in the past year. So just for you to know that um, the super fan of this podcast is a super fan of yours. Just for you to know that. So I'm excited to share uh, you with um, our audience and one question that we like to ask if you've heard the podcast in the past one question we do like to ask is how would you introduce yourself to anyone who doesn't know you oh that's a good question hello hello <laughs> thank you for having me thank you super fan for making sure i would be here today thank you and how would i introduce myself to someone who doesn't know me well of course you know it would depend on what they ask me but if they were silent let's say i would i would just tell them as a friendly introduction slash warning that I live under the noise. So <laughs> I live under the noise. It means, what, what does that mean even? It's, I'm looking at the way I used to be several years ago and how I show up today. Um, I'm quieter for sure. I don't really do drama. I, I still feel the typing when I think I might not be right, but I don't really pay too much attention to it anymore, which means that I'm more relaxed and open to what others have to say. And certainly curious of, you know, why they're saying it <laughs> instead of telling them they're wrong immediately. <laughs> so that's progress. Uh, but yes, I would, I would tell them that I'm just, I'm just generally quiet and then I, and wait to see what they respond to that, you know, what their response is. I, I have no idea, but there is a life under my busy personal thinking. And I'm still very busy when I think. But then there's the other space that I'm getting more and more familiar with. Yeah, that's what I'd like them to know because honestly, I just don't do drama. 
I don't do hyper busyness. And when it goes too fast, I tell them, ask people to slow down. Um, yeah, that's what I would say, I think. And then either wait for the garage door look like, oh God, sorry, moving on to the next person or the next question. Yeah. All right. Well, I do have a follow-up question then. Have you always been that way about drama? No, I was, I, I used to be, I didn't know you could live without drama. I, I didn't know. It, it was a source of motivation for me. Like I got things done when I was in the middle of a crisis or drama. Um, I was running on adrenaline most of the time. That's what I, I got unwell at one point because my body said no more. So no, to answer your question, I wasn't always like that. I mean, this is a new thing for me. And in the last year, the extra new thing is my ability now to say stop to other people's drama. Because I could recognize my own but it was very hard for me to recognize. It's funny, right? It's usually the opposite. It strikes me now, but I could recognize my own and go, okay, no, 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 you know, whatever. But with other people, I would just get pulled into it. And, and then the same old pattern would repeat itself. Like, I'm motivated to take action. Let's go, let's go, drama, drama, drama. And, and now I'm, I'm like, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not getting into this. You know, come back to me when you've calmed down sort of thing. Or not even saying that, just, just removing myself for a little while. So, yeah, it's a new, it's a new territory for me. Yeah. And, and how did the change happen? I don't know. I mean, I, I came across... This, the Inside Out Understanding through Nicola Burt's program, A Little Peace of Mind, and then Michael in 2017. So it's, you know, a few years ago. And basically, when the, she talked about two things, right? Thought and then what's beyond it. So what was beyond it? I knew about that because I had sought high and low for peace of mind. And I had reached it sometimes, right? But what was new to me at the time was the, the thought thing, because I never knew that peace of mind was on the other side of my own personal busyness. So I think that was the first step in changing. It was seeing through thought. It came with a big big insight that was my first one which was oh my god there are no triggers because you know I have a long history of anxiety so of course there were zillions of triggers I would be triggered by noisy places right I would be triggered by smells I would be triggered by people's anger and I had this insight one day listening to Nicholas Cole there are no triggers. It's just a habit of thought that I have. That's all. So that was huge when I saw that. And 
And it started, then I started paying attention when I would fall into that habit or when other people were doing that. And little by little, I guess, it, things changed for me and I became less and less interested in, in the noise. And then I remember it, I think it was 29, summer 2019, I think it was pre-COVID. I was doing a webinar with a program with Dick and Bettinger. And it was all about that. It was all about being in the quiet. And so he said, but throw away the rule book. I never forgot that. Throw away the rule book and feel the quiet. And that took me even further down that path of, oh, it is even quieter than quiet. <laughs> you know, as, as we have an insight over and over again, that was another way of looking at it, I guess. So that took me, then COVID came. And of course, then I thought it was COVID doing it. Because why not? And, uh, but what I noticed in the last year was with the reopening and everything is that there was, I love that space. I, I love how I feel in, when I'm quieter. And I'm okay when I'm not quiet. It's like a, a funny thing that both are there. And I don't do drama. I think it, it, the bottom line is that it feels better not to engage with drama. So why, why would I? And if I do, it's not a big deal because at some point I won't. So that's that. I don't know if that makes any sense, Wayne. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. A lot of sense. And because the, the one thing I didn't get to know you particularly well when you came to do Super Coach with Michael, mm -hmm. I wasn't lucky enough to have been paired up with you on either of the right. um, first half or the second half of that program. So I didn't know your before story. I didn't know, you know, you, you touched upon anxious just now and the feeling of anxiety. But, but I loved what you just said about seeing through with from, via Nicola Bird, dear friend and colleague, about the fact of there being no external triggers. And that was a big aha moment. So... How would you, for anyone listening right now who has, who, who is living with a lot of anxiety, how would you help them realize what you saw there about no triggers? So you're basically asking me, how would I help them realize the nature of our experience, right? That's the million dollar question for any coaching call, isn't it? I mean, any conversation, I can't tell you how many people have, have asked me, what changed, you know, what, what did you see? What, what is different? And so I think my first step would be to make it clear to anyone who asks me that I don't have the answer. 
for them. I don't have their answer. That's become very clear to me. It's, yes, I can share what I've seen, but I don't have the answer as to how you're going to see the nature of your experience or how you're going to see through your triggers. Now, that said, are they open to look with me so they can find their answer? And that's that space that I would, that would be my first step in helping them seeing through anxiety because I, and for myself and for others, you know, life has shown me that I can talk and talk and talk and explain and share for hours and nothing will shift. So I think it's more of a, a readiness to, to be together and, and, and get curious. What are you anxious about? Let's start there. Let's see if that's true. And explore that. Because that's what happened to me with the trigger. Okay, so I'm anxious when I go into a noisy restaurant. Is that really true? That's a question that helped, that's helped me a lot over the years is that, hold on a minute, is that really true? So I'm saying that I'm anxious because I'm going into a noisy restaurant or I'm anxious because I'm going on a, on a trip or I'm anxious right before getting on this call, right? I mean, so it's obviously the call, but is that true? And when you uh, take that moment to, to stop and, and reflect on what is actually going on, then little by little, you can see something. So I don't think I would help someone. And I don't, I, I make that very clear. I don't help anyone who comes to me with anxiety. But yeah, let's talk about it and, and see. So I know it's pretty vague. I, I for me, it's, it's more a, a partnership in looking. That's what happened to me. That's how, and listen, I'm still anxious. <laughs> Last year, you know, it came back with a vengeance just as the world was reopening, all my symptoms returned. It was very disheartening. I doubted everything. And I didn't seek help, funny enough. Because I knew that I would, I would find my way at some point and, and, and I, and I did. It's, if we, if we feel the need for help, the help is within. It's that simple. So maybe helping people with anxiety is taking their hand and just hinting as, you know, hint at them that they have what they need. And I know it sounds cliche and really hollow in a way, but explore with them what that means. Mm -hmm. 
I think I like that actually. It's just coming now. It's it's being with them as they explore what it could mean to have what you need and and you don't need me, you know, as somebody who is okay with anxiety now. Mm. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. I mean I've got oh. a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> There's no stop. <laughs> no stopping win now. <laughs> well, I'm just very curious and interested in in everything that you've said. So I, I you know what one thing that that really piqued my interest is when you said that you used to get triggered in inverted commas by noisy restaurants and then you asked yourself is it true? Mhm. Mm what got you then suspicious to see maybe it isn't true? How did that happen? I put on my um, my lab coat and I ran experiments. Oh, say more. I went out to a noisy restaurant and I said, well, if it's true that I'm built to handle noise, Let's see if it's going to happen and I'm not going to get sick for a change. So, and each time that the anxiety would rise, I would go, I'm built for this. Let's see if it's true. And I didn't get sick. It, it's that simple. I just ran one experiment after the other. It's the only way that I see for me to... It has to make sense. It has to feel true to me. So I go out and try things. I take stuff out for spins all the time, even today. You know, if it's not my husband's bad mood triggering me, right? If he has a right, if it's true that he has a right to be in a bad mood and slam doors one day when he's tired, and it has nothing to do with my own sense of well-being. Well, let's see if that's true. And then I don't get sick the next day. I'm okay. And I thought, okay, lab coat, I'm okay. Let's see if that's true. I, oh, yes, it's true. That's how it happened. Experimenting. I have no other answer. That's what worked for me. Wonderful. Wonderful. And the, the little bit I remember from science in school and experimentation, hypothesis, noisy restaurant causes anxiety in me. Let me test the hypothesis. Right. And as an example, you realize that, wait a minute, I can be in a noisy restaurant and not feel sick. Yes. So therefore, hypothesis might not be true. Very no. cool. Yeah, and, and lately, you know, I would mention the war in Ukraine because for about a week there, when it first started, it really looked to me as if that was an exception. Mm. Okay, so I'm triggered. I'm very anxious. I don't sleep well because there's a war in Ukraine. And then about a week later, I slept like a baby. And I was like, well, hold on a minute. There's still a war in Ukraine. And, and there's no, we know this, but there's no exception. It's just, 
I found myself, you know, I, I remember last year had a lot of medical tests, hyper anxious. So it was the test, right? And then I think I was brushing my teeth and not thinking about it at all. And I could feel my body completely relax. So like, oh, it's not the test. And I just giggle when that happens now because I, it's true. I mean, it's, it's not the outside. It's really true. But I had to prove it to myself. I wouldn't take anyone's word for it. So that's what I did. Maurice, you said earlier that, that it really does take a willingness in other people to look in that direction. And for you, it, it's a curiosity when you put on your, you know, your lab coat to see if things are true. In your experience, what do you think keeps other people from that willingness, that curiosity to look with you? Because I'm sure you've had people that come to you and they want help with their anxiety and their issues and yet they're not really willing to look all at the same time like they want to be better and feel better mm -hmm. but there's something that keeps them from being willing to look and ask those questions and put on the lab coat you know and be curious about their own experience right what, what do you think it is that keeps people from from feeling that way I would say it's an attachment to their stories linked to a fear of what they find, they would find if they drop the stories. Rather than absence of willingness, I would say it's more an unreadiness. They're not quite ready yet. I think that at some point, I think we all get ready. We all are ready at some point because we naturally seek to feel better. And I know for me, and I've seen it in other people, I had to reach the wall of knowing that everything I had tried or everything that someone else said would work had failed. And then when someone came along and said, you don't need anything on the outside. Look here, I was ready. So I think that's one element of it, certainly. It's, it's not so much an unwillingness, but it's an absence of readiness in that moment or in our conversation. And actually, my role then is to be with them as they explore and then be ready when they're ready. But it's funny because when I first started getting better and I started speaking with people, you know, friends, family, some maybe coaches and stuff, 
it was very much a question of willingness for me. So I was trying to change them so they would become willing to listen to what I had to say. Because I knew, listen, if you saw what I saw, you could feel how I feel. It's very clear to me at the time. But I've become very humble when it comes to that for me now. It's, it's, we see when we see, when we're ready to see. And it's not my job to judge when that is. And in the meantime, I can show up from the space of what I've seen and from the space of how I feel and let the rest take care of itself. And some people, they're not going to be ready with me. They're not even going to be ready within this conversation. They might be ready with another conversation that works better for them. That's another thing that I've seen too. It's that when people are ready, the insights they have are universal. So they're the same that I've, the same insights that I've had. It doesn't matter what part, what conversation they're part of. That's the way I see it. If they want to look my way, great. But if not, that's okay too. So yeah, it's just a, a readiness for me. And, and I think what stands in the way of that readiness is whatever goes on is going on with them. It's vast. <laughs> it's a lot of thinking. It's, it's all that world that they're still very, very attached to. And very afraid to let go of. I remember that feeling when I first started to look in this direction. And there were things that, and I still do, I still do it all the time. There are things that I thought made me who I was. And it feels a little shaky when they start to fall away. But then I settle and... I think we, we were afraid, of, I was anyway, of the emptiness that it leaves. And we're not yet aware of, of the richness of that space. That in between, it, it's, it's, I felt it too. It's very scary. So there's, there's comfort in the habitual, even though it feel, doesn't feel good. There's comfort in it. You know, that was another big insight I had is like, we hear a lot of people saying, you know, that you reach the cliff, right? And then we're so that, that cliff of what we know, and then we're afraid to jump. But, and people will tell you, you know, that, but you have a, built-in parachute or you can fly you have wings but another one of my insight was that there is no cliff there is no cliff the cliff is made up it's made up of all of stories and and all the obstacles we find and the problems we create and and when i saw that i'm like it's not that i can fly is there's just no need to fly there's no cliff 
And when I realized that, a lot of my fear went away. And it was incremental. I never had a big ha-ha thing that, and then woke up the next day and I was fine. For me, it was really incremental. And again, like I said last year, it came back. But yes, it's, that fear feels very real. Until you see that, you know what? I mean, life does it. <laughs> you know, I don't have to think very hard to, to have breakfast in the morning or get my dog ready for a walk or actually handle any crisis that shows up. Yeah, I don't have to think very hard for that. And that space on the other side of, of the non-existing cliff carries us and is rich with ideas and everything. There's, a, there's nothing to be afraid of, but you can tell that to someone a million times, they won't believe you. They won't believe you. I didn't believe it when people told me, but... There's nothing, you can feel your anxiety. There's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, right. Until you really feel it. And it's very scary. But is it true that it's very scary? Is it true? Is it really true? Let me experiment. Oh, I've had a panic attack and I'm fine. Imagine that another panic attack and I'm still fine. Oh, there you go. Fascinating journey. I've really loved listening to you. I think it's, there's so many things in what you've said today that I found inspiring. And then there's the other thing that to me that I think is really important that in your own experience that you've that you've had is that history of anxiety saw that you were okay realized no triggers don't have to live in the drama and then the anxiety came back and it didn't mean anything about you it wasn't regression it wasn't you know I'm messing up life now. What have I, all that kind of stuff. Even though I, you know, I would imagine that that kind of thought might have passed through your mind. It certainly passed through my mind on a quite regular basis. Yes, yes. And I think there's so much hope to know that there's nowhere to get to. In listening to you, I just, again, I'm reminded that here we are having an experience of life which has the richness that you talked about and a range of feelings, emotions, moods, things that looked like triggers, possibilities to put on a lab coat. And yet, as you said, we're okay with all of it. Yes, and 
believe me, I went there. I went into the, there's obviously something wrong with me. It's all come back, everything else. But, and I don't know why or how it happens. It, it's, hap it's been with me since I first discovered this conversation is that instead of lingering in the this doesn't work mode, look at that, it doesn't work. I very quickly go back into, hold on, how could this be helpful? So, because it's very tempting. And I, that's my first, my first reaction is always, oh God, I haven't seen anything. This doesn't work. It's not, not helpful. This is horrible. I'm going to be, I'm doomed. I'm going to feel like this for the rest of my life. Believe me, I go there. I go there full speed. But it feels horrible. So at one point, it's like, hold on, this is not helping because I'm feeling awful. So what is helping? And then again, you know, I get curious. What could help here when I feel like that? Well, at the worst of it last year, the one thing that did help was I knew it would pass. And it's not I knew it would pass. It would pass. I'm telling myself that this is going to pass. This is going to pass. I knew it would pass deep down to my bones because again enough times I had my little lab coat and I've seen it over and over and over again so when I was really despairing in those moments there was this thing that I knew it would pass I didn't even feel then that I was okay honestly I didn't feel okay I didn't sense that sense of okayness that people talk about all the time I didn't have that but I knew deep down, and that's what got me through it, that this will pass. And as I settled into that, then the next helpful thing showed up. And it is this space, like we're on the, under the noise podcast, but that's space because when you take a second to realize that it will pass, there's a little gap there. There's a little, little gap of no drama. And in that little gap of no drama, of being clear-headed, right? I knew that either something would occur to me that would be helpful or something would occur from the outside. And what happened in my case is that somebody, one of my friends came up with a book. I read the book and it was all the way up from there. And it reminded me that that's reliable. So not only do things pass, they're fluid, that's life. Everything is always in motion, but they're intelligent. All that flow, it's, it brings us stuff. And we can count on that. And when I remembered that, it took me a good six months of darkness. But I remembered eventually. And now in my little box of ex gathered experiences, I have this experience of 
darkness with no expiration date has expired, meaning that I don't need to have an expiration date, but I can rely on the fact that it will expire because I've lived it. And I think that's, that's great because I hadn't had that before to that extent. Does that mean I know I'm okay? I don't know. I, that's one of those sentences that I, I, I don't know. I know some people get a very deep sense of that. I really don't, but maybe that's what I've just described. I don't know. I don't know how it sounds to you. Well, I think the overriding part of what you said was that it isn't up to you or me or Kate or anyone. It's just that what we know for ourselves, as, as you said, in our bones, whether it's knowing that we're okay, whether it's knowing that this will pass, the knowing in right, our bones right. is what helps us, whatever the knowing is. Yes, I love that win. Yes. And that the knowing evolves the more we stay curious and put on our lab coat and test the truth of things. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, there's nowhere to get to. So that movement forward, for lack of a better word, is ongoing. We never get there, I don't think. And that's a good thing. Thank you so much for being with us today and for all that you shared with us and our listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because I'm, I'm myself seeing more just by sharing with you and listening to what you have to say. So that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Under the Noise. If you have any questions or any topics that you would love for us to chat about, reach out to Wynn or myself. Our details follow the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.